It is time to talk courtroom quarterback. I am Joel Oster, and welcome back, Chris. I'm happy to be here, Joel. Week four coming in hot, man. Coming in hot. I gotta be honest. It seems like as each week comes and I am preparing for the podcast, I find myself more geared towards preparing for this podcast, wondering how do we do with our bets? What am I going to do this next week? (laughs) And you and I get to sit down and talk for who knows how long, I guess until we get tired, uh, sports. And so you cannot get, life cannot get better than this. No, and it's funny now because my wife's like, you're really into football this season. And I'm like, usually <laughs> I set up like my fantasy team and I'll, I'll throw the games on on Saturday and Sunday and, and kind of check and maybe Thursday night. I'll kind of check some stuff out. But now I'm just like in front of the TV like, oh, I see Mac Jones is not doing really good right now. What's going on? Come on, Patriots. What's Bill Belichick doing? And my wife's like. This isn't normal football season for you. And I'm like, I got this. Joel and I got this. <laughs> exactly. And so this, who knew that our law school training would prepare us for a sports a podcast, but you know, th- this is a lot of fun for me. Uh, now I, I do want to talk about a couple of things here. Cause we're obviously we're going to unpack last week's games, but I want to unpack Ooh. another aspect first. And that is watching sports while on vacation now chris i'm just curious how do you approach if you're going to go on vacation are you going to make sure you're going to watch your favorite team are you are you planning out are you wearing the gear while you're on vacation how do you approach football and sports while away from home so usually not rocking the gear unless it's like a a random t-shirt that i have or something that i'm wearing on the vacation anyways right like i I have a couple Niners t-shirts and stuff that I take that are just comfortable, but I don't like, I don't rock out my Garoppolo Jersey or I don't feel, you know, the old school Ronnie lot Jersey when I'm out on vacation. All right, All right Chris, I gotta, I gotta encourage you to change that shallow uh, way of thinking. <laughs> uh, you have got to represent. And let me tell you, there are a lot of benefits to it. <laughs> For a couple of years ago, I was wearing my chief's hoodie when I was traveling at okay. the airports. And for some reason, people will saw me wearing my chief's hoodie. This is right when Patrick Mahomes was in his rookie year or second year, his coming out year. People actually came up to me in the airport. They had no idea who I was. And they congratulated me for what the Chiefs did. You're an integral part of the team, Joel. (laughs) You are the moral center of the Kansas City Chiefs. Without you, they would fail. It is weird how people... This this is true. Yeah, It it is weird. They come up to me, hey, Joel, congratulations on your Chiefs. Great job last week. I I just ate nachos as I'm watching the game. But yeah, you know what? I prayed for their victory. I ate right, nachos. Right. right. No, it, it is important while on vacation to represent. I actually went out and bought my own Chiefs uh, quarter zip that I I got to wear this on game right. day. Uh, I want to make sure I'm representing well. And uh, it's, it's a lot. But here's the deal. I think sports unifies us. So I went on this cruise and, and I made sure I was wearing my gear. Now, one of the things that you do on a cruise is you, you do these trivia games. I, I don't know yes. why. It's what old people do. And so there's doing a trivia. I'm going to go to this trivia game and get blasted and annihilated. Well, I was with this guy, <laughs> and I, I was just talking to him about after the trivia about how bad we did. And I was lamenting about, man, I wish they had more sports questions. I mean, you know when you were playing Trivia Pursuit, and, and they would ask all these geography or or you know, entertainment questions. I would like draw a total blank, but the sports right. questions 
I would nail. And so I was just lamenting. I wish they would ask more sports questions. He was agreeing the same thing. So we're talking about two strangers here, just talk, you know, finding a common ground with sports. And I say, well, where are you from? He said, Alabama. To which I didn't immediately said, oh, I am sorry. I'll, I'll try to talk slower then so you can understand what I am saying. <laughs> Joel wants to get into a fight in the middle of a trivia round by mocking the intelligence of all of Alabama. You're right. right. No, you're 100% right. You're just wanting to get into a fight. I mean, isn't it weird how two strangers immediately we found the area in which we can trash talk with each other. I just immediately went there. And so he, of course, laughed. And I said, hey, you know, I'm a big Nebraska fan. And, of course, we're going through a world of hurt right now. But, uh, yeah, hey, sports unites us. It's a lot better than yeah. these stupid trivia games. So, Chris, let me just ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot because I was put on the spot. These are the type of trivia questions that are asked on cruise ships. Are you, are you ready? I am. Hit me. Let's see how bad Name I Name a capital that starts with one of the last three letters of the alphabet. Go. A capital that starts with X, Y, or Z. Exactly. Hold on. A, a world capital or a U.S. capital? World capital. That, that we, we had no idea. It's like, what? Something in, we're, we're no. Something in the Yugoslavia? Slavic countries? Maybe in the Baltics? I don't know. I, I got zero uh, yeah. points for that. You know, the uh, atomic number for helium. Maybe I guessed right on that one. I don't know. But yeah, it's all kinds of these interesting Three. questions. I wanted more sports questions. And so yes. I, I, I met someone who said he was from Boston. I immediately disliked this person. I knew we had a common ground of hatred. Of I could of not stand this person right away. I met a couple from Rogers, Arkansas, and immediately I felt an affinity for them since they just trashed Texas. Like I was saying, hey, thank you <laughs> for trashing Texas last week. I so appreciate that. I don't know. Somehow sports does unify us on some level. I, I'm not quite sure, but... Right, 100% Chris, Yeah, don't get me wrong. I see a Dodger fan and it's game over. I'm not even speaking yeah. to you. I you didn't even, if you were a Dodger fan, you did not get invited to my wedding. I don't care wow. if I knew you from when I grew up. You have chosen the wrong team. You have And standards. I will not therefore allow you in my circle. We don't see need that, that negativity. That that makes sense. That the most special day of your life, your wedding, right. you're not going to allow a Dodgers fan to ruin Never. your special day. Not even a little uh, bit. Yeah, I remember my friends, I was actually best man at his wedding, and it was being held on the same day the Chiefs were playing the Oakland Raiders at that time, uh, first round of the playoffs. And we were down there watching the game, rooting uh, while the wedding stuff is about ready to start upstairs. That's just uh, bad planning on their part, man. Bad planning. Do not have a wedding on a Sunday when it's the playoffs, people. Come on. What was he, what was he thinking? I mean, this is the Seriously. playoff. You know that, right? I, you might have picked this. You might have picked this wedding date six months out, but I'm telling you, it's the bad omen for the wedding, uh, and so you just cannot do that. Uh, but yeah, I do want to encourage you to represent when you go out there. You'll find all these friends out there you never knew that you had. Well, let's. So it, it's kind of hard sure. to watch sports on a cruise ship. I, really I found is. that it was, it was very difficult. You know, that my team was the chiefs. Now they were playing the Sunday night game. It was kind of fun because a, a lot of other people also wore their chiefs gear and we all kind of navigated towards the same bar where we washed it together and then cried together. And so that's, <laughs> let's use that as a segue to unpack the games from last week. Now we have, we have a lot to unpack and let's uh, talk about it. I first want to unpack this game and give you some love for your amazing pick. 
Thomas Brady, I'm going to say, Ooh. pulled Act 1 of his two-part Super Bowl Magic Act where he intentionally laid low and lost to <laughs> the Rams. Now, you heard me call that last week. I know you the did. Rams are your Super Bowl pick. Let's just come they back are. to this come NFC Championship time, and let's not see is the are, are the Bucks playing the the Rams. You know, is, is Tom Brady now a different quarterback, a different look? And you'll say, Joel, you're. I had no idea you were such a genius. But what what, what were your takeaways <laughs> from from Brady's uh, and the and the Rams game? I mean, you know, it's going to be a bad day when Brady is the top rusher for the team. You right. know, he couldn't he couldn't connect. He couldn't find anybody. They couldn't they really couldn't get any offense going. And I want to say that that's due in part to the impressive Rams defense. Incredible but I also want to say that Tom Brady has off days, too. So I'm not I'm not saying that this is an NFC championship game preview outside of the fact that both those teams are going to be there. What I am saying is that the Rams need to bring that plus some if they want to surpass the Bucks in the NFC Championship game, because Tom Brady is not going to have that embarrassing of a day again. Right. I am telling you, just do not be surprised if Tom right. Brady did not hold back something, and now come the NFC Championship game is going to come out with an entirely different look. The He's Rams just messing with their heads. He's exactly. going to come out and suck it up during the, the game and be like, I don't need a perfect season. I'm going to lull these guys into a false sense of security and then wipe the floor with them. I only say that because I have lived it. Uh, the Chiefs True have story. walloped Patri the Patriots and Brady in the years past. I remember after one game, the national talking point was, is Tom Brady now done? I think he was right. 37 at the time, so it's kind of a joke now. But nonetheless, right, right. That was, we, we, we demolished him that bad in the early season. Yeah, come back late season. Tom Brady obviously was Tom Brady and uh, and won the championship game and went to the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying, be be careful. Though. Now let's just the Rams did beat the Bucks 34-24, and uh, it was a great showing for for Matthew Stafford, the quarterback for the Rams. I think he cemented himself as the MVP front runner there. His stats were 27 for 38, killed it, 343 killed it. yards, four TDs. Zero yeah. interceptions, a QBR of 89.5. And most importantly, when it came to crutch time, I believe Brady brought his team back to be within one score, 21-14 at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. Then Stafford, which is where, where you get paid during crunch time, he then yeah. hit the accelerator. His team sped ahead to a 10-point lead, and that was all she wrote. Actually, even more than a 10-point lead, I think, at that point. I think he scored twice. Right, uh, he did. So it would have... Yeah, so that was game, set, match there. When you were in the fourth quarter and you are up a score, but then you pull away to be up by two scores, that's true metal. That shows you are dialed in and you are playing great. So I think now Matthew Stafford is the uh, leading candidate for MVP front runner. I think he's definitely leading the conversations. I, I'm of the opinion it's a little too early to tell after week three. I mean, we're... We're six games if you count the three preseason games into the season. So I, I definitely love this talk of him being MVP. I'll chant it all day long. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little more conservative because we know Tom Brady. Just because you had a good right. day against Tom Brady doesn't mean that you're going to have a good season. It just you happen to have a good day. And I also believe that Tom Brady is of the mind that when it's crunch time, when, it's, and it, when the game is on the line, when it matters at the end of the day, right. Tom Brady is damn near unstoppable. He is. And, you it, and not... it hurts. It hurts to say that. Have you ever seen the game in the balance? 
you know, uh, at the very end. I mean, this is the drive to, to win the game or to tie the game right. and Tom Brady fail. I, I got to no. tell you, I'm not sure I've ever seen that. And I have watched no. a lot of Tom Brady games. I hate to say that because I can't right. stand Tom Brady in a football sense. He's probably a great guy, but we're allowed to hate people on right. the football field. And so right. on the football field, I can't stand him, but you can't deny, I don't think I've ever seen him fail in that situation. Now, one, so let's look at his stats from this game. His stats, Tom Brady threw for th- 432 yards, one TD, and yeah. no interceptions. So my thought is, how do you have that many yards and have it only result in 24 points? My takeaway is there's got to be either a lot of empty calories there with those yards or a lot of turnovers. It was both. Right. They couldn't convert on a lot of different things. You know, nothing was coming together. And the more I want to sit around and psychoanalyze the game and be like, Brady's just a master tactician. And he's, you know, he's trying to show the Rams that, you know, this is and this is the only look the Rams are going to get at the Bucks on the field until the NFC championship game. Right. Right. Um, So do I think that Brady is some sort of evil genius that, you know, messed around enough to I don't want to say Tom Brady threw the game because I don't think for a second that Tom Brady intentionally lost or he would never intentionally right I just think he's not bringing his a game and he will be holding back some looks that they're saving for later on in the year totally or just some looks that they just don't want to show the Rams right right Right. exactly Right, they could show that they could Tom Brady could put on an aerial show the likes of which the Blue Angels will be jealous and he could do that against Cincinnati or the Jets, right? And nobody's going to bat an eye because they're playing Cincinnati or the Jets. But if he puts on an aerial show against the NFC Championship frontrunner Rams or against the Chiefs, which could be a re- yeah. which is going which could be the repeat Super Bowl appearance, um, right? Then we're going to have then it's all including ourselves, right? We're now in the talking head group that is just going to overanalyze Brady's skills, Brady this, Brady that, what's going on. So he's smart. He ain't, I mean, he didn't make it 20 plus years in the league and, you know, getting the discussion of the greatest of all time and, you know, however many Super Bowl rings for not being, you know, having football IQ. So I really think that Brady is thinking about what he shows the Rams to make sure that they don't see everything he's got. Now, let's say that Brady and the Bucks destroyed the Rams, embarrass them. Yeah. What good would that have done for the Bucks? I got to tell you, negative. Nothing. It actually would have Nothing. hurt them yeah. because now the other team, these are professionals and they are a good team. Now they have that extra desire to, for payback. And I'm telling you, that right. is a very valuable oh, yes. thing to have in your arsenal when you want payback with the other team. And now who has the payback chip on their shoulder? It's the Bucks and not the Rams. It, it does make a difference. And I think Brady wants to have mindset. He wants his team dialed in. I've just seen it too many times not to think it's a real thing. One last thing I want to throw by you from this game that I found interesting. You know, we're going to see some similarities to last year. Do you know where the Super Bowl this year is going to be played? I don't. Los Angeles. The Rams' home field. They are so they might be angling for a Ooh. repeat from last year where the Bucks got to play a home Super Bowl game. Maybe the Rams are in a line here for a home a Super Bowl game. To which if the Chiefs have to play in the Super Bowl against the Rams, they'll be saying 
this is a load of crock. You got two years in a row. We are playing our, our opponent gets a Super Bowl game in their home on their home turf. That's just not fair. So yeah, that will be a talking point. We called it here first. We if did. the Chiefs have to play the Rams, that will be a major talking point of how unfair it is for the Chiefs to have to play two straight Super Bowls against an NFC opponent in the NFC's home field. All right. Now let's move over to, I know the game you've been dying to talk about, Green Bay, your buddy, your oh. high school chum, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and San Francisco. Now, I watched that game, and that was an amazing game. I cannot believe, so what happened here was Garoppolo was down by, I think, six points. I, I, correct yep. me if I'm wrong here, but it was, it was, I think, five or six, and he had the ball. And I remember the announcer saying, this is it. Does Garoppolo have it within him? Can he score? And he led a magnificent drive down sure the field. They scored oh, the winning touchdown with 37 seconds left. Sure did. Who could who could possibly be upset with that? Well, I was saying in my mind, no, you, you can't do that. 37 seconds in the opposing side has Aaron Rodgers, and all he needs is a field goal. Right. That's a recipe for a sure loss, of course, unless the other team fumbles the ball. Let's go back to the Chiefs week uh, week two. That's yep. the one way to stop it. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to stop himself. And so, of course, Aaron Rodgers then led the, an incredible drive in 37 seconds and they kicked the game-winning field goal. And apparently, Aaron Rodgers is back. Any takeaways? Or is it too is this game too raw for you to talk about? I promised myself I wouldn't cry, Joel. <laughs> and, uh, no it was i mean it was a great game right it was it was you know jimmy garoppolo came out played his game did did really really well trey lance came in for like 10 seconds and scored his first rushing touchdown okay um so and i know we'll talk about that later with with the rookie qb breakdown but you know the game was intense back and forth and you know just i mean i couldn't have asked for there's one aspect I could have asked to be better, and that could have been a Niners victory. But it was right. just a really hard-fought game. Aaron Rodgers, we know, is a great quarterback, and he hadn't been, you know, showing much in these first couple games. Right. And then he just, and then he came to town to remind everybody. He woke and, up. Right, and also, right, the game was in San Francisco. It's Aaron Rodgers, you know, he played at Cal, so that's Aaron Rodgers' home field there in San Francisco. You know, you know, we we talked whatever two weeks ago, three weeks ago about how his family doesn't like him. So I'm pretty sure he didn't have any of his family in the crowd. But there was a lot of Aaron Rodgers fans. You know, Aaron Rodgers said when he was leaving Cal that he really wanted to be drafted to the 49ers. Uh, That obviously didn't happen. Him being over in Green Bay. Um, But it was just it was a homecoming of sorts for Aaron. And he put on a show for the hometown crowd. And, you know, I don't. It's the same dislike I have for Tom Brady that I have for Aaron Rodgers. Is that I okay? I just it just grinds my gear. I mean, I have a deeper dislike for Aaron Rodgers because of the personal connection. But fact of the matter is, like he's a great quarterback. There's no and and again, this game solidified it. There's no denying the fact that Aaron Rodgers is great at what he does. I will say he's a great regular season quarterback. Oh, I think for sure. He yeah, did no, no. postseason shrink he last year in the championship game. I think that was on him. He made some boneheaded decisions yeah. during crunch time of the championship game that you never would see Tom Brady ever make, uh, and that is the distinction I think between the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but but that aside, during the regular season, Aaron Rodgers is amazing, and he's been Encino man during the off season, right? He for sure let his hair grow out. He hasn't shaved. 
maybe he's trying to become Duck Dynasty, a reboot. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he looks like he just doesn't care. Get this new persona. I don't know. Is he trying to win the sexiest man alive? Is that even sexy to, for women? I don't know. But you, you get what I I'm trying to say. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's Aaron Rodgers trying to play Nick Cage, trying to play right, being right. John Malkovich, like something like that. Right. Like, yeah, no, he's, he's looking. Yeah, he's looking forward to a post football career in Hollywood. It's weird. Oh, I mean, he did all those State Farm commercials, so I mean, that's like real acting, right? Wow, that Him that and- Aaron Rodgers on those State Farm commercials, I don't even recognize. That's like a Not different. The, this yeah, is alter ego now. Yeah, he's going through a midlife crisis here at the end of his football career, and but that aside, he did finally wake up. He uh, he looked good. Maybe that's the 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 wake up call that he needs uh, for out for the rest of the season. They are now two and one and in pretty good shape. Uh, which you did give give us a great segue into our next topic. It's a big talking point from the first three weeks. That is this, oh. Chris. There's been a lot of conversation about. The rookie quarterbacks. I mean, we we talked about For it sure. last year during the the draft. It's like all these incredible rookie quarterbacks going to be drafted one, two, three, four, and then you know I think what maybe five quarterbacks even were taken in the first round of the draft last year. An amazing crop, but the reality is the quarterbacking position is very very tough. And so the great I know Chris this will not surprise you because we talked about this before. But the grade card of the rookie quarterbacks thus far, the record is a combined one for ten. Does that surprise Ooh. you, though? One Not for ten. even a little bit. On two fronts. On two fronts, it doesn't surprise me. One, the teams that the rookie quarterbacks got drafted to aren't, outside of the Patriots, aren't exactly the winningest team now now trey lance is a, is a bit of a different because he went to san francisco but trey lance is traded up right he and he's not playing he, right, he good point. i mean he had 30 seconds in the game against green bay where he scored a touchdown we still lost the game i mean the patriots have a strong <laughs> system but bill belichick is really not letting mac jones do anything mac jones right. is stuck in the belichick system and it's not really working right now you know, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, they're not they're not getting really into a groove. And I mean, you got the Jets, the Bears, and and uh, Jacksonville. So it's not like right. it's not like you have a line that's protecting them. It's not like you have a, a a football system. I mean, we're gonna beat Jacksonville into the ground this whole season with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence and trying to right. build this into the ground. But you look at Justin Fields at the Bears; they're not doing exactly fantastic. And it's the Jets, right? We don't. We, the Jets are gonna jet. That's just right, what they're right. gonna do. So. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they're one for 10. It makes me a little sad because these kids had such high hopes for coming into the NFL and doing great things. And they're just, they're, they're realizing the difference between collegiate play and pro play. Yes. Yes. It it is a tough game to learn. And you brought up a great point that these quarterbacks tend to be drafted near the, the, the top of the draft, right. i.e. by the worst teams. So these exactly. they're going to teams that can't win anyways. They, they were bad enough to get the first pick. And in that mix, you throw in a rookie quarterback who's just learning the mix. It's a tough combination uh, to, to win games. And so maybe the, the one in 10 record is not surprising. Uh, again, 
I watch enough football. I know with, when the, where the quarterback position is concerned, it's not that you score at the end of the game. It's often when you score. If you leave too much time on the clock, you've messed up. And a lot of these finer nuances, these rookie quarterbacks don't quite realize, or they're, maybe they do realize it, they just don't know how to capitalize on it. Not someone like Tom Brady, who knows how to milk that clock and score. And he realizes, well, if I score with 37 seconds left on the clock, and I have a horrible defense that might be too soon. Um, now, one I will point out, one quarterback who seems to be coming out of this maze, that this rookie maze in a, a, a situation would be Joe Burrows. Joe Burrows last yes. year for the um, Cincinnati Bengals had a horrible year. It was a horrible learning experience. He got his clock rung several times. Now Cincinnati, I believe, is 2-1, and one, and he has played really well. And so if you can survive that learning experience, that mm -hmm. learning curve, right now Cincinnati does not look too bad. Just had a great win this last week against Pittsburgh. So I guess there is hope for these franchises. All right, that leads yeah. us to my next thing I want to talk about. Are the Chiefs in trouble? I mean, we have not looked good. Mm -hmm. and, and they were pretty much everyone's, you know, can you know pick for Super Bowl participant, if not Super Bowl champion? They have been to to three straight conference championship games, two straight Super Bowls, and so there. You have Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback ever to play. I will st stand by that and defend it uh, vigorously. We'll talk about that another day. But they are now one and two. They are in last place in the AFC West. And uh, you have the Broncos, you have the Raiders, you have the Chargers all on uh, top of them in the standings. Are the Chiefs in trouble? Now, before I uh, rebut what you say, what, what is your take on that? No, I don't think the Chiefs are in trouble. I just think they're having a rocky start. Three games, they can come back and win, you know, the what, the next 13? They can come back right. on the next 12. They don't need to be... AFC champions to be Super Bowl champions. But boy, right? 14 games are left. 14 games are left. 17 yeah. games this year. I'm just saying that 14 games or less are left. If they finish the season at, you know, 11 and six, they're still going to make the playoffs likely or right. 12 and five or something. You know, the, I'm, I'm not worried about the chiefs because they're a proven commodity. Right. They you know that they can make it to the Super Bowl. You know that they can do these things. You know that they have the ability to do so. I don't know what's going on in the Kansas City, you know, program right now, but it's one of those things where it's like, look, the Raiders are three and oh. Do I think the Raiders are gonna win in the playoffs? Hells no. Not even no, a little no. bit. I don't I don't think the Raiders no. are going anywhere. But we know the Raiders will crumble. We know that right. they do it every single year. Right. So I'm not I'm not super worried about where the Chiefs are headed or what's going on in the Chiefs program. I know that when it clicks, it's going to click hard, and then they're just going to be unstoppable. Yes, now, I kinda, in the meantime, well, I get to bask in the glory that they suck right now. So <laughs> they they do suck, and I think it's because of cockiness. This is why I think the Chiefs are in trouble. I think absolutely they're in trouble, and I want to cabin that because I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I'm a big homer, right, and right. I always I'm always saying we're going to win. You know the international bowl because it's the intergalactic bowl. It's how good we are. But that being said, I am very bothered. Let me just paint the picture here. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Tyree Kill was racing towards the end zone. He decided to stop right in front of the end zone, do his little taunting dance and back into it. Whatever he did last year, he did a backflip into the end zone. It's that mentality 
that is going to be very problematic for the Chiefs. In other words, they think they have already gotten there. They've already accomplished something this year because of what they had done in the years past. So I think their focus is off. And where do you see lack of focus most prevalent? Turnovers. And we've had a yes. lot of careless turnovers. Last week, you know, uh, Mahomes decides to do a no-look pass. Can he do them? Yes. Is it? Has he gotten away with it on multiple occasions? It's going to bite him in the butt. And it bit him in the butt this last week through a stupid interception. Should not have done that. But a lot of the interceptions are just from people having a slight lack of focus. And I know I talked about that last week. And I harped on the running back being the most overrated position in sports, uh, in football, because there's you, there's so many people who could fill that role. It's more important to have someone who doesn't fumble than to have your stud running back. And, and we right. talked about how no stud running back we really could remember even ever won the Super Bowl because of that stud running back and I don't know if you had you've had a week to think about it have you come up with a running back did one pop in your head not OJ Simpson not Eric Dickerson not Barry Sanders I can't think of a stud running back who actually has won the big game because of that stud running back uh, but nonetheless I my point is they do way more damage you got to find yeah. someone even if their talent is a little bit less, who knows how to protect the ball? And Chris, I don't even know 100%. how to define that. But here's what I'm talking about. When you go into the, the line, you just have to have this inter-awareness. Someone's going to hit me. Someone's going to hit me from the right, from the left. I know where the defense is. I prepared. I know where the hits are going to come. Instinctively, you have to know that so that you protect the ball. Some running backs don't have that. And you see them carry the ball like it's a loaf of bread going through the line of scrimmage. Yes, McCoy, I'm talking about you, Sean 100%. McCoy. It's like, well, you, you don't have that awareness. And, and so because of that, someone that touches you, the ball's going to fumble. Ball. Or you're, yeah. you're a receiver and you catch the ball and you, you let it fly off your hands. You, you lack focus and that's where turnovers happen. And last week, the Chiefs played an incredible team, the San Diego Chargers. They're, they're an amazing team. Got a great young quarterback. I, quarterback, I'm excited to see the future duels between uh, Herbert and, and uh, Mahomes. That being said, we spotted them for turnovers and still should not have lost the game. And so that just shows you how good the Chiefs are. Can we fix those that the, the mental lapse of, of arrogance? Yes, we can. I have faith in, in um, Andy Reid. He has been there and done it before. He will get the team's mindset right. If they right. keep fumbling, he's going to cut them or he will stop using them. That's what Andy Reid will do. That's what he did to his buddy, his boy, Sean McCoy. He'll do that to Hilaire. You no can't. And, and here's another reason why, uh, Chris, I know I'm on my, my soapbox here. And I love it. it in football, you in the NFL, there is a salary cap, which means you cannot have studs at every position long term. If you are a Correct. good team throughout the years, the players are going to want to get paid and you have a salary cap. Your money can only go into so certain places. And so yeah. if you put excess money on one side of the ball, that means you're not putting that money on the other side of the ball. And so the Chiefs by design have a really good offense, which means they have a really crappy defense. You just can't have it both long-term. Because we know that, we know we cannot rely on the defense. I mean, the defense should be serviceable. They shouldn't be the worst of all time. I'll give you that. But the Chiefs should never, ever say, 
we're going to rely on our defense. We're going to win this game with our defense. No, you've made that decision a long time ago. We are not riding that horse. We are riding the horse of our offense. So we cannot turn the ball over and say, oh, defense, bail us out. I hope right. our defense does bail us out if that happens. But no, when the Chiefs offense turns the ball over, that is game, set, match. You just cannot do that. And so I think they will fix that. All right, I, one last thought, and you already touched on it a little bit before we move on to our next issue, and that is the Broncos. When we're talking about the Chiefs, uh, you know, are they done? The Broncos are 3-0. and are, are you a big believer in the Broncos? No, they're just kind of the city up north. Let me throw you this stat here, which uh, I learned about this week, that we've already kind of alluded to this topic, but the three Broncos wins this year – have come against three rookie quarterbacks. And so, mm. yeah, if you, if you think the Broncos are there, yeah, they haven't played anyone yet. So I'm not going to rely too much right. on uh, on that. All right, move on. Any other uh, um, talk, anything, other games that kind of uh, got your attention from last week that you want to talk about before we go into our why should we not gamble section? <laughs> it, just the, the Jacksonville-Arizona game, you know. Okay. Um, both of us that was that was our our deal and i'm sure we'll talk about when we do the the reviews of our picks but the 109 yard kick six you don't see that very often you don't it's like it's like now, let's grand, unpack you know, that. what do you mean by that what explain what happened okay so a kick six is when um a uh, offense goes up for a field goal and they kick and they miss the field goal. It's recovered. And the field goal has to fall short, right? Ball can't go out of bounds. Right. It falls right. short and the defense returns it for a touchdown. That's a kick six. Okay. Uh, it could also be done on a punt or on uh, an opening kickoff, kick six. It's it's very catchy is the term. So what right, happened right. here is Arizona was lining up for a field goal. Fairly long one. Not, not super long, but within the 50-yard range. Um, the kick fell short. The uh, the Jags picked it up in the end zone, right at the goalpost, right at the, the farthest point in the back of the end zone, and they ran it back for a touchdown. So it's considered a 109-yard pick six. Can't wow. get any longer. And it's, it's gorgeous to see stuff like that. Plays like that that don't come along that often, no matter who's doing it, unless you're a diehard Arizona fan, you enjoy it. You enjoy seeing the sportsmanship and, and all that jazz. So it was wonderful. Right, right. It was just nice to see. Now, here's what I learned about kick sixes and why it, it's so dangerous for the kicking team. Let's say you're doing a kickoff. You have right. your players out there who are fast, who are speedy, who know how to run down that field, and yeah. they know how to stay in their lanes, and they can tackle that, that, re, that returner. And so you have the right players on the field for that, that situation. All right, but when you are going to do a field goal, you don't have that team out there. Instead, you have your big lumbering offensive linemen that are going to block to protect the, the rush from blocking the kick. So you don't have your kickoff team out there. You have a bitch, a bunch of big lumbering lumberjack guys. Well, right. right they, those are not the fleet of foot players that you want chasing down the other team's fastest player. That is a mismatch made in heaven. And so when you do these long kicks, what you'll see teams do is they will send someone back around the goalpost because if the kick, if it's a 66 yard attempt and it's short, now you have a kickoff return where you have one speeding guy going right. up against 10 or 11 big old fat lumberjacks. So you get the idea. It's a very dangerous thing to try. That's why it's so hard to get these long kicks because teams don't want to try them. 
It, it will only be at the end of a half or the end of a game where you, or the end of the game where you absolutely need to have this, or the game is over. Uh, so it'd be the end of the game, not the end of the half. That you'll see these tried, which, by the way, we did see that last week, did we not? We saw someone at the end we of the did. game try a sixty-six yard field goal, and he nailed it, and yeah. they won the game. Loved right, it. That, that that was a very. Uh, did you watch that live? The, the kick six. I did. I did. All right. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. You're man. excited. It was, it was. It's just. It's one of those things that makes sports romantic, right? It's. It. It brings you back to that childhood awe of like how not just athletic these guys are, but how you know, the foresight, the ability, like you don't just right. run back and kick six because you're lucky. You're seeing the field. You're seeing, you're anticipating moves of players. You know where your guys are at to help make blocks. And the guys that don't carry the ball know where to hit that block to make sure they open that hole for you. It is, it is the symphony of the football game. And it's just wonderful to watch. Right, right. So let's use it as a segue into our next Perfect. section, which we so wisely call kids don't gamble section. <laughs> so this is where we showcase the dangers of gambling, right? So every, we started with $500 each right. and we are putting money on teams and, you know, certain lines every week just to see right. how we do. So at the end of the year, it will be a lesson to you young kids do not gamble on, on sports. All right. So, so far, uh, last week I finished two and three. You had a slightly better week. You finished three and one. Yep. Uh, let's start off with uh, Cardinals over Jacksonville. That was the, the reason why I want to start off with this game. You just alluded to it. Right. We both independently picked that game. And so I thought, huh. What if we were to analyze and keep a separate a separate account of the games you and I both independently pick All right. to see how we do with our the, our collective wisdom? And so so far this year there have been two games where you and I both have independently picked that game that way. And so far, I know it's a small sampling. We are two and zero, oh. uh, and That's so right. this is the one we we both picked. And we say, hey, look, Jacksonville is in a world of hurt. They have no idea what they are doing. And so the Cardinals are going to roll all over them. And they did cover the spread. And so we both won that game. Uh, sure. I don't want to lament too many of my picks. I did finish two and three. But I will say two of my losses came from the Chiefs. I, I got to get rid of this Homer syndrome. But you do. here's why gambling is so bad, all right? The Chargers, the Chiefs are favored by six and a half points. All right, so in other words, <laughs> if... If if the um the Chargers uh, won by um seven, uh, or, or the Chiefs, so the, the Chiefs were um had six and a half points over the Chargers. Yep. And um, here's where I'm going with that. Sorry, I'm stumbling around a little bit. Now, not the six and a half point spread. The the over under was fifty four and a half points. That was the over under. Right. Uh, so I picked the over on that one. Ooh. And so if. If the uh, if the combined score from both the Chargers and the Chiefs was fifty five, I would win that bet. If it was fifty four, I would lose that bet. Was well, you know what happened was um, the the very last second the Chargers scored a touchdown that brought the total to fifty four points at the end of the game, and then they had their extra point and they did. missed it. They yes, did. Go, oh, that that changed the betting spread right there. If they had just made that extra point, it would have changed the, the bets on that. They did not make that extra point, and so uh, I lost that bet. So I feel, you know, that, that was kind of close. Uh, but nonetheless, I finished two and three. The only the two games I actually was proud of that I felt very strongly about 
was the Saints over the Patriots. For some reason, the Saints were, were the underdog. And I thought that is ridiculous that the Saints were the underdog. Take the Saints over, you know, straight up, but definitely plus three points. They covered easily. They destroyed the Patriots. I felt good about that game. And then, of course, we both felt good of the Cardinals. Uh, Any takeaways from your picks that you felt especially proud of that you you analyzed, you pegged? I wouldn't say I was especially proud of. I let my pride get in the way of the um, Niners-Packs game. But, again, that that was my loss, right? I picked the Niners over the Packs. I feel like after my completely out of left field pick of the jets over the Patriots, I'm being more conservative in my picks. Um, (laughs) I'm, you know, kids it's money. So you shouldn't be just willy nilly wasting it. You can't just throw it out in the street, expect something to happen. So I'm being a little more conservative. I feel like I'm, I'm picking some safe bets. Even this week I'm looking at it um, and looking at some of the safe bets that I have picked uh, just because it's a smarter thing to do. I don't want to, I don't want right, to right. waste the cash, but at the same time, you know, not always, you know, the Niners should have won the game against the Packers at the end of the day. Um, and they covered the spread. So that was fine, but right, it, right. it should have been, you know, that was a safe All bet. Right. And so that's where well, I'm going. Sp- I'm not, I, as the season rolls on, maybe as we get some teams that are kind of, you know, rolling out and some of them maybe getting desperate, I might do some more wild card bets, but early on in the game, I want to build the bank so that way I have more risk to take later to even out, to come right. back with an even 500. So just for the record, uh, my record to date is eight, six, and one. Yep. Uh, and so I am up at $520. Nice. You are 11 and four. And so it, that's despite the fact you had a brain fart lapse, whatever you want to say, and you picked <laughs> the Jets over the Patriots. I have no idea what you were thinking or why uh-huh. we let you on the podcast the next week. But nonetheless, so you are uh, 560. So you are doing really well. You are um, actually, no, it's at 70 uh, over. So you're $570. Uh, mm-hmm. So you are, uh, hey, making over 10%, not doing too bad. All right, what are your picks for this week? All right, so the the favorite game that I'm looking for is the rivalry game, which is Seahawks at San Francisco. Seahawks at San Francisco, the over-under is 52.5. I'm going to take the over. Over 52.5. Right, and San Francisco is favored by three. So I think that San Francisco is going to win by more than three. It's the Seahawks. At San Francisco, it is a rivalry game, and we're coming off of that loss to Green Bay. I think we're going to come out swinging. Garoppolo is going to want to show that he has something to prove. I think San Francisco is going to take the over, and we're going to win by more than three. All right, so you are taking San Fran is favored in this game? It is, favored by three. Okay, so you're taking uh, San Fran, giving up the points uh, of three points there, and you're taking the over. And what is the over on that bet? It's over 52.5, so they have to get 53. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. That's going to be a hard one. That will be a hard one, but I like the pick of San Francisco over the Seahawks. Seahawks are struggling right now. San Fran is playing well. They're a solid team. Garoppolo did well. They should have beat Green Bay last week, so we'll see how they respond. You know what's funny is if they would have beat Green Bay last week, I would have picked them to lose this week to the Seahawks. Isn't that how sports works? It It does. You come in overconfident. They do. You see it every week. Right. All right. Your next pick. All right. Uh, Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams. My pick right. for the NFC champion, LA Rams are going to, that is a 54.5 um, over under. I'm going to take the under. The under. All right. You think it's going to be a low scoring affair, at least not 54 right. and a half points. Right. 
And the Rams That's are probably a good bet, right? That, the, yeah. the cards, I know they can score in bunches, but the Rams have a great defense. And so right. that, that could be a good pick. Right. And Arizona has a pretty solid defense when they show up. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. I think JJ Watt is fitting into his new team. And, you know, last week, I think they showed it really well um, with the uh, I mean, I know it was against Jacksonville, right? It's not it wasn't a huge test, but I think that J.J. Watt is, you know, making that defense come together. It's just taking right. okay. him a little bit of time. All right. I'll watch that. Good game to watch. So and the Rams are favored by four point five. Rams okay. are going to lose. Rams are going to lose. You're Rams taking are going to lose the Cardinals. Wow, that is the pick of the week right there. You're taking the cards plus 4.5 or 4.5 yep. points. All right. Yep. Um, Jacksonville and Cincinnati because I I want to keep beating on Urban Meyer and and right. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Cincinnati is favored by 7.5 points. I saw that. Right with an over under of 46 and a half. So what that tells me is that the betting line right now is that Jacksonville will not score. That's right. That's, That's right. what the, the betting line tells me, kids. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati over Jacksonville, and I'm going to take the under. The under of 42 and a half, did you say? 46 and a half. 46 and a half. That, I saw that line. It was seven and a half point spread. Right. I thought real that that is a that's a big number uh, and a low scoring yeah, affair. I think so but too. I think that, that wasn't that's the what's most shocking. Um, pause for a sec. Joel just got disconnected. So we were talking about uh, Cincinnati versus uh, Jacksonville and how I'm going to take the under because I don't think Jacksonville is going to score if anything. And Cincinnati is favored to win by seven point five. So I think the Jacksonville Cincinnati thing is going to be a great bet because Cincinnati, you know, we, we talked about him earlier in the, the podcast. We talked about Joe and what he's coming up with urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. They're still not getting into it. And again, the line shows 46 and a half as the over under and Cincinnati to win by 7.5. Like they, ex there's nobody in their right mind that thinks Jacksonville is going to score a touchdown or anything. They think it may be a couple field goals or as the, you know, the Vegas odds makers are throwing it out there. But I, I really think that Jacksonville's just going nowhere, and Cincinnati's going to come in and just stomp them and, and go from there. So I'm actually going to pick the under, and I'm going to have Cincinnati cover it by at least, they're going to win by at least eight points. That's going to be too easy. You're thinking that Jacksonville's offensive game plan of maybe doing two kick sixes is not the best, <laughs> most reliable no. game plan. And so let's go with the under and let's take Cincinnati as well. Minus the seven and a half points. So we'll see how you fare. Uh, I struggled okay. with this week, but I still have to come up with five picks. So let me give Hit you me. my five picks. I think the the Ravens plus one okay. over the Broncos because I think the Broncos are All fraud. Right. I, I think they've won three games against rookie quarterbacks. This is whenever you see a plus one, minus one, it's it's basically an even up uh, affair. And so I think I'm gonna take the Ravens plus one over the Broncos. The Bucks are playing the Pats. You got to pick right. this game, right? This is the game of the week. This is Tom Brady going back to Gillette Stadium and playing against Bilicek. It's going to be the talk of the nation. So I, I got to pick this game, and I'm going to tell you why. I am going to go with the Bucks minus six and a half over the Pats, and here's why. I think in the locker room, Tom Brady is revered. He is loved by all, not just his current teammates, his oh, past teammates as well. Converse, conversely, I think everyone hates 
coach hoodie Belichick. <laughs> he is a McCheater. He uh, he is not nice. He seems really gruff. And so uh, it just came out this week that Belichick didn't even meet with Brady before Brady made the decision to leave. So Belichick didn't want him. He basically kicked him out of the Patriots. That's not going to sit well with his current teammates. No. It just doesn't. And so there's going to be no rallying cry of let's win one for our beloved coach because I don't think they like their coach. And so I think this is going to be very much one-sided. So I'm going to take the Bucks minus six and a half over the, the, the Patriots. And then the Chargers and the Raiders. Now, the Chargers are favored by three. I got to, I, I'm just a, I'm not a big believer in the Raiders. I like Carr, their quarterback. I like their coach, Gruden. I want them to do well, even though I am a Chiefs fan. I got inwardly hate yeah. the, the Raiders. I like those two individuals, but they're going to bail us. They, they do every year. They, they, will, they will let us down. And this is the game where the letdown will start. And so I, th- I think the Chargers are for real. I think they're a real solid team. Will there be a Chiefs hangover? Yes, there, there will. But it's going to be muted because they haven't had any success yeah. in the past. So it's not like they won two Super Bowls in a row and now they're kind of partying it up like the Chiefs kind right. of are doing. They've been to two Super Bowls, so they're kind of partying it up. I think the Chargers haven't won enough to be relaxed. I think they're going to uh, cover the three-point spread. Easily. All right, Cleveland over the Vikings. The, 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 it's a one-and-a-half point spread here. The Vikings just won. The Vikings are usually late bloomers every year. But Cleveland is the real deal. Since this is only a point and a half, it's basically a pick em. I am taking Cleveland minus the one and a half. My last pick, I'm struggling between these two games. Um, let me just tell you and help. Let's maybe you this. can walk me through this. The Titans minus seven over the Jets. Now, the reason why I like that game is I think the Jets are horrible. I think they are maybe the worst <laughs> team in the history of NFL football, and this is one of their flagship uh, years, yeah. showing how bad they are. And they're, they're horrendous. And I know it's seven points, but the Titans are a solid team. I mean, McHenry's going to run all over these guys. Uh, Derek, Derek Henry's going to run all over these guys. And I'm tempted to take that, even though it's a seven-point spread. The other one is the Panthers, plus four and a half over the Cowboys. This is why I think I, I like I, this I game. I like that game better. The Cowboys... I, I don't like the Cowboys coach. Okay. I, I'm not a big believer in him. I, I know they just had a great victory this last year. I think he undercoached the Packers for all those years. He held Aaron Rodgers back. I just, I'm just i not a big believer. I know he's a local guy for me. Yeah. He actually was a coach here at Baker yeah. University, a small NAIA school here. It's in my conference from my alum in American yeah. Nazarene. I get all that. I, I'm just not a big fan. I'm not a big believer in his coaching style. They did look good last week. But I'm telling you, the Panthers coach, I think they're the real deal. I think that's a solid team. And I, and the fact that the Cowboys are favored. You also, Chris, you look for this. The betting lines that you think are, are there because of the national love affair yes. for that team. And I think this point spread represents the national love affair for all things Cowboy. And so I'm going to, you convinced me, I'm Do taking it. the Panthers Plus four and a half over the As Cowboys. As you should, right, Joel. That is, look, I look Dallas. I have no problem with Dallas being a Niners fan, and and the years in the '90s where we were huge rivals, no problem with Dallas whatsoever. Except for Troy Aikman, I don't like that man at all. Uh, horrible, That's horrible right. announcer. While we're at it, 
Not that I'm much better. I also did not play years in the NFL and should have a mass amount of knowledge to not sound like the NFL Joe Buck. But that is a whole different podcast that we need to get into of how much I hate Joe Buck. But you you, you hate Joe Buck. passion that burns. We we got to do a podcast on that. I cannot stand it. We are united on our hatred for all things. But I have a good reason for hating Joe Buck. This is my reason. He grew up uh, okay, in St. Yeah. Louis. His dad was the announcer yes, was. for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. So he has his hatred for all things Kansas City. That's just what we do here. Kansas City, we hate St. Louis. St. Louis, they hate okay. on Kansas City. We actually played a World Series in 1985, Royals versus right. the Cardinals, which we beat them in seven did. games. And so whenever Joe Buck covers Kansas City, you can tell he hates us. I mean, he gets in digs whenever he can. Right. So all of Kansas City is united in our hatred for Joe Buck. Why do you hate Joe, Joe Buck? Joe Buck is the captain of useless information, and he doesn't shut up when he needs to shut up. He feels that he just needs to talk and not let the game speak for itself. So it could be an intense game. And I listen to Joe Buck a lot with baseball because I'm a huge baseball fan. And you listen to Joe right. Buck call games. One, it's clear that he has bias every single time. He he always picks a side in every game. There's no neutral discussion about it. Two, he has a mad love for the Dodgers that I don't even understand, which makes me hate him a little bit. And three, Joe Buck okay. will be sitting there, and it will be like bottom of the ninth. It will be two outs. It will be bases loaded. It will be the team, whatever team, down by three, and the home run hitter of the team, the DH or their batting cleanup and Joe Buck's up there in the booth going, you know, the last time that Rodriguez hit a home run on a Tuesday afternoon when it was dusk (laughs) was in the 1997 playoff game that he played for his junior (laughs) college of, you know, Mesa community college, which was actually played on a turf field. This is real glass. I don't know how, how do you think the real grass is going to play into the fact of whether or not Ramirez can hit the, you're like, shut up, Joe, (laughs) shut up. Let the pitch come across the plate. I love it. I love it. See, I hate Joe Buck for personal reasons. You hate him because he's incompetent. And I love yes. that. You are really feeding into my my opinion of him. But nonetheless, um, all right, that was a, a segue, a good segue. You were talking about Troy Aikman and how Troy Aikman oh. is the NFL version of Joe Buck. And now totally I've got to forever hate uh, Troy Aikman. And so... Yeah, but I don't. It made me come back to the fact that even though I think the the Cowboys are a good team, I think they're wholly underutilized. I think you know with Dak and Zeke and all those guys, you know they're coming back and they're playing, but I just they're not there yet. Last weekend, right. yeah, they had a good game, but again, it any given Sunday, right? Any given Sunday, Brady can have a bad game and the Cowboys can have a good game. Do I think that they're going to beat the Panthers? No, Panthers haven't had a super real challenge but they're cohesively playing together like a team that is headed to a winning season. And I think they're going to roll over the Cowboys. And they have a good coach. They got their coach, coach is a solid coach. I think it's in his second year. Uh, he came from, I'm going to get this wrong here. Uh, was it Baylor? I think he went to Baylor. He and he resurrected that program. Baylor was went over a cliff, and he came to that situation, coached the heck out of that team, made him back into a national contender, and then the can. Uh, so he's the real deal here. He knows how to coach. He knows how to motivate. Yeah. And this is year two, so he's already gone through his learning curve there. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that, that from the national perspective, they are downplaying the Panthers' success and overplaying the Cowboys' success. So I, I you know what? I have gone in the entirely different direction here. I now think that's one of my better picks for the week. uh, Panthers plus four and a half over the Cowboys.
All right. Love it. I, can, I cannot wait for this weekend of football. Have a great week, Chris. And you know what? Go Big Red and go Chiefs. Any parting thoughts? I, I'm really looking forward to this, too. I'm really looking forward to see Brady go into to New England and just get a nice homecoming. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Cincinnati pounce on Urban Meyer. I don't know where I have now developed this dislike of Urban Meyer <laughs> over this week's with our podcast, but I'm really just like, Urban, you're not my guy anymore. You're, you're not my done. guy. You are you're done, Urban. Wait a right, second. I, wait, 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 hold on. Urban was the coach of Utah, was he not? Um, I believe so. Yes, he, he was Florida for a while. He was the, yeah, but before there, where he got where he got famous was when he coached Alex Smith. I believe. Double check me on that because you that's your home field there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you might have a different opinion next week if you. Oh, racing. He was one of our coaches. Uh, do do you like Utah or how does that Utah BYU play out? Eh, for me, it's no big. My wife's a BYU alum, so we're okay. we're we're blue and white here. We're not we're not Utah. Some of my favorite people are Utes. Um, I I don't have a I don't have a thing in the game because I didn't go to either college. I really don't care. Urban Meyer was coach of Utah in the early two thousands. All right, there you so, go. That's how smart I am. I pegged it. He was the coach, I right. believe, of Alex Smith. He was he was the coach of Alex Smith in the early two, but he was only a coach for like two one or two seasons. So it wasn't right. like a a really long. And by the way, I'd like to thank the Google for allowing me to get that very quickly. <laughs> right. um, I'm not that smart for those watching, listening at home. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I had to Google Urban Meyer. Um, uh. But again, I have I, I don't know. I just I he just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, he was he he took a sabbatical for three years after. Yes. He pretty much screwed over Ohio State. So I feel like he did Ohio State dirty one. Right. OK. And then and then he went from Ohio State into obscurity and then he came back to do jacksonville and i feel like he should have just went back to college right like, right right go 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 to where you know go to your home but we'll see so, I, so I, I shouldn't I, really I got, hate on the guy but we'll see and i'm gonna just talk a little bit here about sports hatred because this is how it works i, I yep. can see what you're saying there there's a little bit of we don't like urban meyer but my opinion of him is a little bit more um uh i have a little bit more of a conflict in, in this uh conflict of interest because i yeah. think scott frost in nebraska is not going to make it I, I hope he does i don't think he's the guy in nebraska so i'm thinking well whoa, whoa, if scott frost okay. is not the guy in nebraska urban meyer is not succeeding in jacksonville he needs a new gig you want to bring urban to nebraska you said it first. Right there in this podcast, we are calling for Urban Meyer to be fired by Jacksonville and then hired by Nebraska, where he belongs in the Big Ten. He knows how to win in the Big right. Ten, but you know what? Uh, that's never going to happen. All right. That being said, right. have a great week, Chris, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Joel. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for spreading the good word about us. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Triplicity Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.